This is Eric Boll, Missouri Farm Bureau's Director of Public Affairs. Welcome to Around the Kitchen Table, our weekly podcast where we talk about the things that our members are talking about around their kitchen tables. Today I'm joined by Congresswoman Vicki Hartzler from West Central Missouri. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, Congresswoman Hartzler. Well, thank you, Eric. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I, you know, we've had a long history together, and I've talked about that quite a bit on our program. Um, and it's, it's great to finally get a chance to sit down with you and, and actually speak on uh, on our on our podcast. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, appreciate you so much and uh, uh, look forward to our discussion today. Sure. Well, why don't we just get started by, could you tell us a little bit about your background and, and also our background, how we got oh, to know each other as well? Sure, absolutely. So grew up on a farm in Cass County and uh, your dad was actually an extension agent for a while. <laughs> when I was a little kid and got to know him and I was excited uh, when he met this uh, wonderful teacher in town named Carol and they got engaged and married and then started having these uh, couple of wonderful kids Sarah and Eric and it was just uh, fun to watch you grow up and uh, your your family's always was such a uh, important influence in the Harrisonville community and uh, lo and behold in 1994 when I was asked to run for state representative I was looking for a campaign treasurer and uh, someone uh, recommended your father because uh, he had served in the state legislature mm-hmm. uh, at one time. And so I still remember the evening I went by and uh, sat down and visited with him. And he was gracious enough to agree to be my campaign manager uh, or treasurer. And um, he was just such a wonderful friend to me and a help. And uh, of course, we won that campaign and uh, went on and served six years in the Missouri legislature. And, and it was just fun to uh, continue on that friendship with you and your uh, family and watch you graduate from college and go on to great things, graduating from law school. And then when I ran for Congress and won, um, to be contacted by you and to have this discussion about uh, maybe you coming and uh, moving from Missouri to come out to Washington, D.C. with me and serve as my legislative director. And uh, you did and brought your beautiful wife, Sarah. And uh, it it was just great to have you there as part of the Team Hartzler as we put together our office and started serving the Missouri 4th District and then very soon became my chief of staff and uh, was very blessed to have you, you know, helping lead my whole team uh, for five years. And, um, you know, so now I'm just so proud of you and in, in your new role here with Farm Bureau and uh, know that you're just going to be a fantastic uh, asset to this organization and state and couldn't be more proud proud of you. <laughs> well, thank you. You're very kind. And it was a, the honor of a lifetime to get the opportunity to work with you and to serve with you. Uh, I think that I've, I, I learned more in those five years than maybe the previous 30 combined. <laughs> it was uh, such a, a trial by fire. Yeah, and, we both you, learned a lot. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, we both took that mm-hmm. leap of faith and decided yeah. to jump in. And both of us took a job a thousand miles from home that we didn't really know anything about and mm-hmm. tried to figure it out as we went. So mm-hmm. I think we learned a lot together and, uh, yes. and grew a lot together. So I appreciate that time together. Yeah. Um, and also during your, your background before you got into politics and well, maybe, uh, in between those times as well, between your service in the state legislature and in Congress, 
you do have a very deep history with Farm Bureau as well. Could you tell us a little bit about what what your involvement has been there? Oh, absolutely. So um, my parents were on the board of the Cass County Farm Bureau for many years. And as a child, my sister and I, uh, every month would go with our folks to the meetings Mm -hmm. and we would uh, uh, play out in the... uh, offices while with other children of other board members um, while those meetings went on and uh, grew up, you know, being involved and understanding how important uh, Missouri Farm Bureau is to agriculture uh, to have a say because there's not that many of us who live and have the privilege of living on a farm who have that understanding perspective of agriculture. And it's very important that we uh, speak with one voice and pool our resources together to advocate for the those things. Um, so when my husband and I uh, met at uh, Mizzou and then got married uh, later, one of the first things we did was join Farm Bureau and got involved in that. And uh, where my dad was president for a while when I was a kid, uh, mm-hmm. then my husband Lowell was asked to be president for a few years. And then after I got out of the legislature, uh, became a mom and decided to uh, spend some years back focusing uh, full time as on our family and our farm, uh, I was asked to be the county president as well, served for three years uh, as the Cass County President of the Missouri Farm Bureau, and of course got the opportunity to be a part of the resolutions process and all the things that are going on right here uh, every year at uh, the Missouri Farm Bureau Annual Meeting. And uh, we were also uh, asked to be on the Young Farmer and Ranchers Committee back when we were young, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which was uh, was a wonderful experience. And then Lowell was asked to be the uh, state chairman of right. that and got to serve uh, as a member of the state uh, Farm Bureau uh, board as a young farmer representative. And so, yes, I do have a lot of background. And I don't consider Farm Bureau an organization. I consider it family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do, because Farm Bureau is a family. You get to meet people that uh, you have those friendships for life. You share the same values. You're in the fight together. And you love the same same things. You love your country and you love uh, rural America. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny that you say that because that really is the, the biggest thing that drove us to make the decision to join Farm Bureau as well for, as a staff uh, member was the connection that it had to family and how much mm-hmm. uh, we have t- talked to so many people who, like you, grew up in Farm Bureau and as children, uh, they they went to those meetings and went to annual meeting and had a good time with their friends and grew up with them through YFNR and through uh, their county and state uh, involvement. And we really thought that that was something we'd like for our uh, kids as well, mm-hmm. to, to be involved in somewhere that that was so important. Um, not that we didn't enjoy working for, uh, for Congress. That was a mm-hmm. great experience as well. But it's just so nice to have such a family-friendly organization. Mm-hmm. It truly is. It really, it's mm-hmm. not just lip service. It really is a family organization. Mm-hmm. So we enjoy that aspect as well. And when you were on the YFNR committee, did, did you serve with um, Sam Graves or Blake Hurst or any of the current leaders mm-hmm. in, uh, as post-young farmers? <laughs> Yeah, Sam Graves and uh, was on the State Young Farmer Committee uh, mm-hmm. before us, and that's how we did first meet, get to know him. Okay. Um, and it's just interesting how all those things come around full circle. Mm-hmm. Now we're serving together in Congress. Well, and just the, the few months I've been here, I've, it's really opened my eyes to just how influential 
your Farm Bureau experience was in um, your current role. I, I guess I never put all those um, pieces together. Uh, we were going through the scripts for all of the Gold Star Award winners for the counties last night, Diane Olson and I, and I was reading through the names and I kept thinking, man, I know a lot of these names of the county presidents, and a lot of it's because they were your campaign coordinators, your county mm-hmm. coordinators um, right. all across the 4th District, and just building that network of people in every single county in your district really was extremely valuable in your political career. It really was. When I was asked to run for Congress, I uh, studied the map of the 4th Congressional District because I wasn't really sure totally of the 24 counties which ones were in and not. And um, then I had to you know, think of this daunting task of trying to campaign in such a large area. And you do need people in every county willing to help put up signs and to advocate for you. And uh, that's, that's tough. And the first people that I thought of was uh, Farm Bureau friends, mm-hmm. um, because I, through Missouri Farm Bureau, had met other people in other counties. And it was wonderful to call them and all of them that I visited with and said, would you help me out? Say, absolutely, we will. And it was very critical to helping me uh, win. And now it's such an honor to to partner with them uh, to bring a, a firsthand experience of agriculture to Washington. And that uh, that work has now moved on into your career in Washington as you've been a member of the House Ag Committee since day one, mm-hmm. uh, since you began in, uh, beginning in January in 2011. So it's been almost a full seven years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are the only Missourian on that committee, and I believe have been that entire time. Mm-hmm. How's that, uh, as the only Missourian on the committee, um, how has that influenced your uh, your work where sometimes mm-hmm. there are issues from other parts of the state that you don't necessarily have in the 4th District, um, but it seems like you try to keep up on all of this as well? Right. I, I take this very seriously. I view it as a, a privilege uh, to represent Missouri agriculture on mm-hmm. the House um, Agriculture Committee. Um, and even though we don't have corn and rice, uh, specifically in cotton the... Cotton and rice. Right. You said corn, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes. Cotton <laughs> yep. and rice in the 4th District. Mm-hmm. Since that is a big part of Missouri agriculture in the Boot Hill, mm-hmm. I try very hard uh, over the years to get to know those farmers as well and to hear their concerns. And as we look at this farm bill coming up, I think it's important that I advocate for every commodity uh, to make sure that our farm bill is uh, helpful to the entire picture. And so I, I, I view it as a very high privilege to uh, be a spokesperson for all of Missouri agriculture. Sure. Well, and uh, I guess that's another uh, way that you've, uh, you're also, you and your husband have um, been involved in agriculture uh, equipment dealer mm-hmm. dealerships as well. And some of that has helped you get to know people in other parts of the state too. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you uh, got to know Paul T. Combs pretty well too, yeah. down the boot heel and right. probably quite a few others who have helped you. Uh, build, building out that network in different areas of your life has helped you in your work uh, mm-hmm. when you have been been in Congress. So we we appreciate that you're looking mm-hmm. out for the just beyond the just the borders of the fourth district. Yeah, um, and I think that that's really going to be helpful as we get into that farm bill. Yes, it is, and it's nice to be able to call on people mm-hmm. uh, across the state and ask you know their opinion, their advice. Uh, you know, I view this as that's what representative government is. It's not like I am the expert on everything. It's I listen, I learn, I try to take certainly my firsthand experience growing up on a farm and still living on a farm, but listen to other people and uh, take 
their knowledge with me and try to apply that in Washington. Mm -hmm. What do you expect in the next farm bill? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think it'll have as many major changes as the 2014 farm bill, where we totally did away with direct payments and set up a new system, the PLC and ARC. Um, But I do think we will need to tweak those. For instance, on cotton and dairy programs, the, the programs put in place in the last farm bill really aren't being helpful there, and those commodities are hurting. So I expect to see some changes there, maybe just some tweaks dealing with corn, soy, being sweet, some of the others. Um, but we are also going to be looking at the 80% of the farm bill, which really doesn't have anything to do with farming, is the nutrition programs. Your The old food stamps program now called SNAP, uh, the Women's Infants and Children, those other nutrition assistance programs that comprise 80% of all the dollars that go out. Um, I think we've had I'm on a nutrition subcommittee for the Agriculture Committee, and uh, we've been exploring what is working, what isn't working with those programs. And there's going to be efforts to try to make sure that money is well spent and uh, goes to people who truly need a hand, you know, a temporary hand up and um, make sure there's not fraud in it. There will probably be some proposals dealing with uh, work requirements for able-bodied adults uh, part it, who are participating in that program. So we're going to see some changes, have some important discussions there. But in my mind, this number one priority is still to keep crop insurance uh, because it is still the most valued part of the uh, farm bill based on all my discussions with farmers I visit with. It is a very important risk management tool. It's also important to to the banks and to the creditors and stuff to have that assurance there. So uh, there's probably going to be some uh Changes proposed there by putting means testing or some other provisions. I'm going to oppose those, try to push back on those. Um, but we're going to be looking at rural development and other areas, whether it be rural broadband. And I've got some uh, a bill that I'm going to be uh, trying to work into the CRP section. So there's a lot of littler changes that will be there, but I think uh, it's overall going to stay uh, the same basic structure. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have talked about it being more of a evolutionary farm bill rather than a revolutionary farm bill. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yes. I think that pretty well sums, sums up what, what you're saying as well. Uh, now, the you mentioned the nutrition subtitle, and uh, that is something that so often we do have a tendency to just overlook, even though it's such a giant part of, of the actual bill itself. Um, how do you feel like your, your background, we, you didn't mention your career uh, mm-hmm. before getting into politics. Uh, as a teacher, but how do you feel like that may have affected your knowledge on that? Right. I was a uh, home economics teacher for 11 years before I was asked to run for state representative. Some now they call it family and consumer sciences or facts teacher. And so I think uh, my background dealing with um, nutrition uh, certainly is helpful, as well as dealing with uh, students of of all income backgrounds and uh, working with individuals who maybe uh, help utilize the food stamp program. And um, the, the usage of the food stamps program was just skyrocketing until recently. The change of the economy has now caused the usage to start going down. But there was a point when one out of every six Americans was on food stamps a few years ago. 
And it, I think there's a real need to start looking at that whole program because we want to help people who truly need it, but we want to make sure that it's just a temporary thing, that we help people get back working again uh, where they don't need this assistance. And that's where some changes, I think, will take place to try to reduce some of the fraud mm-hmm. and incentivize people to get back to work if they're able to physically. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned your bill that deals with the conservation title. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Right. Well, I'm excited about it. It's the CRP uh, Grazing Flexibility Act. And uh, during the contract for CRP, mid midway through that contract, whether it's a 10-year contract or whatever, there's a requirement that the land be cleared in some way, either through burning or chemical burning or through disking. And the landowner gets some uh, cost share from the government, from the taxpayer, in order to help pay for that. It's just good for the land to do that. Well, my bill will allow grazing as an option. And it's a win-win for everybody because, one, it's win for the taxpayer. In exchange for that, there will be no cost share that goes out for doing that. But it's also good for wildlife. It, uh, uh, The uh, Quails Forever, Pheasants Forever, Turkey Federation, uh, uh, Nature Conservancy, they're all supportive of this bill because just having cows graze down uh, the grass is preferable uh, than actually the burning and the chemical burning and things. And plus, it's a it's a win for the cattle uh, rancher as well. So no cost to the taxpayer, win-win. Uh, I'm excited about it and think even though I introduce it as a standalone legislation, my uh, goal is uh, as soon as we start discussing this to roll it into the farm bill. Great. Well, we'll look forward to seeing uh, how mm-hmm. that progresses. You bet. Uh, what else are people talking around uh, talking about back home about farm policy? Um, they they just are concerned about trade. You know, the mm-hmm. prices of the commodities are are low. Um, we have a large supply, which that's good. We've had some good yields, but we've got to sell our crops. Uh, abroad to uh, the 90% of where the population is. And um, the TPP that we were going to go into was expected to bring 5.5 billion more dollars every year to the farm economy. Uh, I understand the president had some concerns about that, you know, other areas maybe weren't um, preferential for our country. Um, but he has pledged to do very aggressive bilateral trade agreements. And uh, anytime I have a chance to talk with with anyone at the administration, that is what I certainly try to emphasize is that as quickly as possible, we've got to get this trade, these trade agreements going because China is now trying to <laughs> go around us. Um, that was one of the benefits of the TPP is that it shut China out. Now they're unilaterally talking to all these other people trying to get into what's left of the TPP. And we just can't wait. We've got to uh, be aggressive on that front. And I think we, I hear a lot about that back home. Mm-hmm. We've got to increase our trade. And in the farm bill, we'll be able to help some. There are provisions that allow for some market access and mm-hmm. some motion, and I'm very supportive of those as well, to give us locally the tools to go sell our products and to increase trade uh, here in the 4th District. Sure. Uh, The other issue that's really hot right now, and by the time this goes to air, who knows where where we may be with it, Uh, so we'll hopefully not be too out of date at that point, Uh, but the tax bill that that was just passed recently out of the Senate, and you passed one out of the House, how do you uh, see that may affect farmers, and Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that that would be a net positive or net negative? What do you think Mm -hmm. would be the biggest impacts? Oh, it's a net positive, uh, certainly just on a, a family level. Uh, 
uh, allowing people to keep more of the hard-earned money, whether you live in the city or whether you live on a farm or rural America, that is itself will be helpful to every farm family. We double the standard deduction from 12000 to 24000 so people won't even pay any taxes on the first 24000 of their income. And then we increase the child credit from 1000 to $1,600 per child and then have a new family flexibility tax of $300 for the mom and for the dad. And if there's an elderly dependent in the home, another $300 for that. Um, and so for an average family that has a $59,000 income, a family of four, they're only going to be paying $400 in taxes. So that's a savings, almost $1,200 a year. So that is very helpful. But from a the farm business side, uh, those taxes are going to be reduced down to a historic low of 25%. Um, and that will be helpful. And then we're repealing the estate tax, which has long been a the bane of <laughs> you know farmers and agriculture. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost a criminal tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing worse, I think, than to require a family to pay taxes their entire life on their f- income, their farming operation, and just simply because they die and that farm is passed on to their children, the government thinks it it is owed you know thirty five percent or fifty percent of that value of that farm and so the children don't have the cash for that and they end up having to sell the farm i mean it's ridiculous our house version uh phases out that in seven years and Mm -hmm. then or doubles the um amount that could be given without the inheritance tax and then it um gets rid of it totally so that's a a huge benefit um we'll have uh 100 expensing um, so if you want to buy a piece of equipment or, uh, you know, whether it be a grain bin or where you're investing capital and a large amount, 100%, you can expense it that year. If you can't even use that all in one year, you can take it out for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, this is going to help spur growth, allow farmers and everybody to keep more of their hard-earned money invested and spend it at home, which will create jobs. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Great. Yeah, a lot of real positives there. Well... Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. If people are looking to get in touch with you on um, social media, is there a good place for them to find you? Oh, absolutely. I think follow me on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook. Certainly, I have a weekly e-newsletter. I would love for people to sign up for. You don't have to live in my district. Just go to hartzler.house.gov, and you can sign up, and I would... I would love to be able to share with you every week what's going on, and then you can give me feedback because uh, that's what I really value is taking people's ideas and take them to Washington and fight for them. Great. Well, we appreciate the work you do, and it's been an honor to know you and work with yeah. you for so many years and look forward to seeing whatever you'll be working on next and the, the great things that you'll be able to do for the state of Missouri. Well, thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Well, and to our listeners, thank you for listening every week. We appreciate your listenership. And please do feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter if you have ideas of what we might want to talk about in a future episode. We appreciate you and uh, look forward to talking to you next week.